You know, I was a uh, a cigarette smoker, and maybe some of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while know that, but uh, I, I started when I was 12 years old. Uh, my mother was a smoker, and so I was around it quite a bit. And, you know, I'd have dreams. I would have dreams about smoking a cigarette in a red convertible. I'd be driving, and the cigarette in my dreams tasted like the ocean. It had this kind of faintly salty taste of freedom and possibility. Uh, the first cigarette I smoked tasted nothing like freedom or possibility. It tasted rancid, and uh, I didn't inhale. I crept down to the garage. My mom and her partner had gone to bed for the night. Uh, I went outside, and I, I got a cigarette out of her pack, and I lit it, and I pulled the smoke into my mouth. I didn't know how to inhale at the time, Um, I pulled the smoke into my mouth and it tasted so disgusting. I was like, this is awful. And I quickly put it out. I I put it in her ash can. She used to use a, a Dr. Pepper can as an ash can. And I went back to bed. Hey, I'm the reluctant book marketer. And I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. I don't know how I didn't get caught, honestly. I probably smelled like a cigarette the next morning, but maybe because I would sit outside with her and her partner while they watched TV at night and she would smoke. Maybe they couldn't tell the difference. I'm not sure. But it was about two months after that, I thought I must have done something wrong because I had those dreams coming back and I was like that taste. And anyway, I tried again. This time she and her partner were gone. And so I actually had to cut the ash can open found the best butt I could. I lit it. And this time I inhaled. And whoa, my whole world went vibrating. It was kind of nauseating to me. I didn't enjoy it at all. But wouldn't you know, just a little while later, I wanted it again. And from the first moment I inhaled a cigarette, I was addicted to the deepest level. But you might even say I was addicted before I inhaled because I would have those dreams. They were kind of a recurring dream, me in a convertible, smoking a cigarette. So when it came time to quit, the challenge was unlike anything I'd ever gone through before I I got married. My wife was a non-smoker. I knew it was her desire that I not smoke, but I knew she would never give me hell to pay for it. And uh, I didn't. I didn't even try other than the horrible mishap of when we very first got married on our honeymoon. I did try for about 36 hours and we realized our honeymoon was going to be miserable if I kept up that BS. So I went and bought a really expensive $15 pack of cigarettes in New York. I think that's what most people are paying for them just around these days because of inflation, but neither here nor there. I smoked until we had our first son. He was about a year uh, and five months or let's see, that's 17 months in mother language. He was 17 months old. When I finally thought, this is not the right thing, and there was this neighbor we had in our apartment complex, she vaped 
she told me where she went to get her her uh, cartridges and her whole setup. And I went and I got vaping. And what I really liked about it was the opportunity to vape indoors. My wife would allow me to vape indoors. Obviously, I wasn't smoking cigarettes indoors for numerous reasons, but I could vape indoors and there was no odor. And the the science at the time, and I think still mostly the science now would agree that the vape, whatever, steam, whatever, <laughs> cloud is not uh, toxic. So it's just nicotine and... Um, whatever, like a fog machine, basically with nicotine in it. So you could get a little bit of nicotine from it, but nicotine is a neurotropic, nootropic, neurotropic, neurotropic. I don't know. Um, it makes your brain happy. So in some sense, kind of like let's nicotine up and feel good and smart. <clears throat> Regardless, the point here is that I vaped for about five years after I quit my 12 year cigarette smoking habit. And it was only in the last year when I was vaping that I thought, you know, I'm spending so much money on this. I wonder if it's even humanly possible to quit. I just started having the thought in the back of my mind, maybe I'll just step down my nicotine and see if I feel any less good. And if I don't feel less good, I'll just keep taking the nicotine down until there's no nicotine. And lo and behold, I was able to do that over a year period. I would I would slowly step down. Every time I went to buy more fluid, I would ask for less nicotine. And each time, I realized I'm not vaping any more than I was before. I'm still vaping the same amount. So I'm getting less nicotine. And then came this point where I gained a lot of weight. We're moving into the pandemic, the, the COVID-19 pandemic for you who are listening 20 years down the road. And you're like, what pandemic? Like people died of COVID-19. And I respect uh, all of the precautions that we took. It just wasn't as big of a deal as everybody wanted to say. And um I lost time with people I love because I was scared of transmitting. We should have handled it a little bit differently in the micro. Some people have bitter feelings. I'm one of them. Anyway, um, well, this podcast is really getting off to a rocking start. Uh, I got down to zero milligrams of nicotine and I realized all I had left was an oral fixation. And I had gained a bunch of weight through the pandemic, staying home all the time. So my wife and I decided we were going to fast do a long-term water fast to lose some weight. It's healthy. Check it out. I think I've talked about it numerous times on this podcast from different angles, but we did that. So we fast and I thought this is the perfect time when you're fasting. The last thing on your mind is, is your addiction. In fact, the only times I'd ever quit for prolonged periods of cigarettes back in the day was when I would do a longer religious themed type of fast. So I would fast for three days, only drinking water, you know, praying to, to God to make me a better person. Never worked. But during those three days, being a better person part, I'm not a good person. But the the three days where I was fasting, I would not smoke cigarettes. And so I was like, I know that this is a powerful way to take my mind off of that. And if all I've got left is the oral fixation, maybe after three days, I'll look at it and just be like, I can maybe go another day. And that is quite literally what happened. I got to the end of three days of water fasting during the pandemic, and I was looking at my little vape cartridge mod, and I thought, I'll just go one more day, see what happens. And then I went five days, and then I went six, seven, nine, 20, 40, 80. My wife didn't even notice I wasn't vaping, which is hilarious. You can fact check this if you want. Uh, you can find her on Facebook, Twitter, just shoot her a message. Ask her, did you know your husband quit vaping? She will admit she didn't even know I had quit vaping, but I did. And I think it was about a month in when I finally said, Hey, have you noticed anything different about me? And she thought about it a little. And she's like, well, 
I've noticed your beard is filling in a little bit. She didn't say that, actually. My beard is never going to fill in. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I revealed that I had quit vaping, and um, I've never gone back. I haven't vaped a single time. I haven't smoked a cigarette. haven't anything, anything since. Uh, it's been great. The reason that I tell this very long story, which ultimately is the entire podcast that I'm bringing to you, is because mindset-wise, you may be a published author, and you dislike the action of getting your book into readers' hands. Can't be as bad as trying to quit smoking. This is a podcast about mindset, folks. It can't be as bad as quitting smoking. And if it is, you're doing the wrong thing. You don't really actually enjoy writing. You don't actually enjoy having readers. Something is broken in the process if you dislike it more than quitting smoking. And if you've never smoked before, well, it's hard to tell you. Somewhere in there, you actually are beholden to something. What a big, fancy, writerly word. You are addicted to something, beholden, addicted, that if you had to quit that thing, it would flip your world upside down. Eating, alcohol, marijuana, a lot of people love it. They say it's not addictive, but if Snoop Dogg can stop using marijuana today, I would give my less, less left testicle to scientific research and my right. I'd actually, you know what? If Snoop Dogg can quit using marijuana, I'll become a eunuch. I'll let someone castrate me. This is the weirdest podcast episode I've ever recorded. I hope it speaks to you. I hope it speaks to you at the level of, of um, this thing that we're doing is really difficult. And I'm not here to tell you that there are starving children in Africa uh, because you didn't finish your dinner. By all means, please don't finish your dinner if you're no longer hungry, because obesity is a huge epidemic issue, uh, especially in the United States. So don't finish your dinner if you're not hungry. Don't smoke the rest of your marijuana if you're high enough. Don't smoke cigarettes if you enjoy vaping. Don't drink the last of that beer if you're drunk enough. But by all means... And please, I'm begging you, if you claim to want to have readers and you want to have a seven-figure marketing mindset, you have to reach out to somebody else to read your book when it doesn't feel good, when it doesn't feel nice. If you don't like the idea of making cold calls, if you don't like the idea of knocking on doors, if you don't like the idea of going into shops and asking people to, to read your book, if you don't like the idea of digging into the weeds to figure out who your book is ideally suited for, you're only 50% engaged. Not everything we do we like. If we restrict ourselves to only the things we like, we only get a very small portion of the best things in life. Thanks for this extended metaphor. Really appreciate you. If you're trying to quit smoking, you can do it. If you're trying to sell 10 more copies of your book this week, don't quit until you've done it. Work late tonight. I'm recording this on a Friday. You're gonna be listening to it on a Monday. Work late. I'll work late with you. Let me know. Reach out. If you want me to work late with you, if you want to ask me a question, if you have any curiosity about the process, please reach out to me. Uh, and in closing, I want to let you know that it is my goal 
and my desire to get the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists, which if you are watching on YouTube right now, I'm holding up for the screen. It's my goal to get this book in the hands of every single college writing student across the United States and Canada, if I can get enough support. I've got a Kickstarter right now. You can jump on there, support me at the five book, 10 book, or 20 book level, or heck, you can just put in $2 because you believe in the goal. It is separate from what I'm doing on Amazon. So all of my book sales on Amazon are a totally different thing. If you're only buying copy for yourself, please buy a copy from Amazon. That helps my rankings. It helps me sell more copies. If you want to support college students reading the book so that they actually know how to make a business out of their writing, then buy five, 10 or 20 copies of the book. I will send it to the college of your choice. It will make a really big difference in a lot of students' lives. So I'm gonna continue to do that. One of my supporters, one of my sponsors is Tony Schmitz, Tony C. Schmitz. He owns the Schmitz Insurance Agency. I have a history in insurance, so I really understand what's going on there. Tony has the largest farmer's insurance agency in like a five-state radius. His father was a vice president for farmers. He understands insurance at a level that most agents won't. Uh, he supported me at a 10 book level. I'm so grateful to you, Tony. Thanks so much. If you have insurance needs, you live in Nebraska, you live in Colorado, understand that an agent who's willing to support students who are not necessarily even his target audience is the kind of agent who's going to take care of you for your insurance needs. He's not going to over-insure you to make extra money. He's not going to pitch products to you that you don't need. That's really good because insurance is a tricky thing. You don't want to be caught underinsured. That's kind of like going to school without pants on. You also don't want to be overinsured because if your house burns down and you have extra insurance, indemnifying you does not give you extra money. You can't overinsure for a house. Let Tony take care of you. He knows how to do it perfectly. So you won't spend a dime more than you need to. And he'll do it in a small amount of time. So reach out to Tony. All of the information for the Schmitz Insurance Agency will be in the show notes. Check it out. Tony Schmitz, thank you so much for supporting the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists, getting 10 copies into the hands of students. If you want to be like Tony, which is to be really, really cool, I will have a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. I'm not advertising this on Twitter. This is only for people who already have kind of established themselves in business and want to give back to the community. It's a very specific thing. And if I haven't mentioned any copies I sell through Kickstarter, don't go towards my bestseller rank. I'm, I'm doing the fulfillment myself. So I make a little bit of money for my trouble, but ultimately I don't make much money. I'm fulfilling it myself so that I can get this into the hands of students. That's the, that's the primary goal of the Kickstarter. Otherwise buy it from Amazon. I'll make a little bit of money. It'll help my bestseller rankings. You can be happy for yourself in life. Thanks so much for tuning in to the reluctant book marketer. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.